Hello, Jamie here. Just letting you know that Community Notice Board has a Patreon now. That's right. We have bonus episodes for our loyal fans. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. And oh boy, we've had some doozies in the last couple of months. We just had one of our favorite guests, Alexi Toliopoulos, come on to talk all about video stores and his time working there. And coming up, we have favorite guest and former room runner of Cactus Juice with me, Jamie Kirk, uh, talking about the history of Sydney open mic comedy and our tenure as runners of the best Sydney open <laughs> mic that ever existed. But My notes want, here say the best. Uh. <laughs> if you want to hear about that and all sorts of stuff, including other news stories that we haven't got to do, deep dives onto things, and let us know if there is anything that you would like us to cover, hop over to patreon.com slash community notice board and subscribe for only $5 a month. It's good listening, baby. Hello and welcome along to the Community Notice Board. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming of age tales. Got a very special guest again in studio, very funny comedian, Lauren Bonner is here. How are you, Lauren? I'm good. A returning guest Mm -hmm. to talk about a fantastic voyage you've had earlier this year. I went to a different neighborhood first yeah, time ever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I left Hornsby, and, which is what we were last year. And we got some funny McDonald's reviews here about <laughs> being a terrorist. But, uh, this is so, our first uh, foray into South America, I believe. Oh, we haven't really? done any. Definitely right? South. What, what, Costa Rica, Central America. Central America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Bueno Vito. <laughs> <laughs> Buenos dias, uh, Joe Ablas. All right. You learn a little. No, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely did not learn enough. Um, so what were you doing over there? Why were you why were you in Buenos Aires? Yeah, it's a it's crazy. It's um I was filming a TV show. Um, no one's more surprised by that (laughs) than me. Um, quick pause. Do I sound like tinny or weird or something, or is it just my headphones? Uh, probably mm-hmm. just a headphones. Probably just a new headphones. You sounding good. Yeah. You sound Are you sounding to, me. to you guys? Yeah. Because yeah. you all sound like beautiful dulcet tones <laughs> to me. But I, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I just have a horrible all voice. Uh, Maybe no, I'm shrill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the first time. You're uh, I never wear headphones usually. So, okay. okay. Um, I was over there filming a TV show. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Very, very wild. Um, yeah, it's not out yet. And I mean, because of... Holly weird drama. I mm. hope it ever comes out. Okay, and we'll see. Was so, this? You hope it ever. You hope it. Do hope it comes out, and I it hope, might not. Yeah, it's right, okay. it's a bit stuck. It's getting shopped around at the moment, okay. just because the strike delayed it, and then oh, Disney right. and did Weinstein thing executive and, producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've been cancelled. <laughs> 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 I've put the whole production in jeopardy. Um, did they like? Did you? Did they offer you that? And you're like, hell yeah, I want to be in this TV show. And they're like, by the way, it's in Buenos Aires. Or it was the whole time like, hey, do you want to come to Buenos Aires? And yeah, yeah, well, it's the whole time. So I got like, I literally got how I got contacted for it. Like this show business, you know, you guys know, it's the most random <laughs> oh, thing in the world. Man, yeah. offers like to go to Buenos Aires. I mean, oh, I just yeah. finished six months in Uruguay. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm batting them away. <laughs> Love is blind too. You never know what's around the corner, sure, boys. Sure. Boys, boys. I was working at Bunnings at the time <laughs> <laughs> when I got the call up. <laughs> Did you have to cancel a Kinsella spot because you're like, actually, uh, Literally. Got, uh, that's so wild. Um, I, no, I, usually, I got emailed for it and it was like, 
you, when you get email, I've never gotten any role that I've done a self tape for, <laughs> and I've not done that many self tapes. And self tapes are when you video yourself doing an audition. Yep. By the way, if any uh, <laughs> civilians are listening, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got an email, and they normally just ask for your avails and then tell you about the thing. And so it was like, "Hi, we're from this production. Um, are you available for like these dates to shoot in Argentina, Buenos Aires, and LA? And do you have a green card?" And I was like. Um, I, uh, uh, and I was like, I, um, I don't have a green card, but I can, I can get one if you want. Um, sure, I can just make that happen in a week. Um, yeah, right. And I was like, but yeah, I was like, were you yeah, a little bit like, is this a Nigerian prince thing? Is Absolutely. This, yeah. And I literally didn't have a plane ticket in my hand until the day before I left. Jeez. So I, Christ. the whole time, I mean, honestly, until like two weeks in, I was like, maybe I'm being human trafficked. <laughs> <laughs> But then I was like, what's more flattering, you know, getting cast in the big show or like (laughs) just like getting human trafficked. They're both pretty like me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, they picked me out of everyone. Stepping into a shipping container being like, wow, glamorous. (laughs) This is my trailer. (laughs) Literally. You flew me here? Wow. Okay. I must have something. So it wasn't an an Australian production. It was just purely fluke that you're Australian. Right. Well, yeah, the character's Australian, so oh, right. it was an American production. Um, but then in South America, it was like a co-pro with like an Argentine um, company. So the, the show's called While You Were Breeding. You can look it up. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, in fact, I don't know. I don't know what we have to do to get it. Because it, it just got a bit fucked around in all the post-strike mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. the show is made. The show is done. We just don't know where it's going to land because it's Comedy, drama. It's like a comedy. Comedy, drama. Yeah. Comedy, drama. Yeah, yeah, definitely like comedy drama, but like hour-long episodes about a girl um, who is in her thirties and traveling the world and loving and laughing and living <laughs> and living, <laughs> and, living. <laughs> and all of her friends, you know, are growing up and settling down and having kids, but she's not done yet. Okay. And it's based on a wonderful book by Kristen Newman, who's a comedy writer, and she was the showrunner of the show. And um, I play an Australian that she meets along the way. Mm, bit trashy. Aussie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that the stereotype of Aussies in America? Like, as in, I, I guess... us everywhere. Yeah, I know where we are in, in, like, Canada and stuff where, like, the the boozy, yeah. touristy, young... And everyone hates Everyone like, hates yeah, us. Yeah, like, um, Banff or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that... That was how it was written? You were a bit of a trashy Australian... Uh, yeah, loose, like, just kind of like a crazy. fun, like a crazy, like, whoa, yeah, whatever, guys. Like, love... <laughs> were they like, you got to wear this cork hat? And you're like, yeah. that's not... More or less. <laughs> did, you, mean, did you really, like, hand the accent up and everything? Well, like, I'm worried that I'm gonna sound insane or something on the show because i was the only australian and you know when i'm around people with an accent sometimes you accidentally either mimic their accent or i feel like you can double down Mm. yeah and then also you're acting on top of that which like i have not done a lot of and also they all don't have an ear for an australian accent so i'm like what if i was like a really bad actor and they don't know just because they thought i was like being australian (laughs) (laughs) and like we watch it and we're like that's like a really bad performance, but they just didn't know because they were just like, oh my God, yes. yeah. Right. And you're doing like a South African accent somehow yeah. because you're doing like, I'm acting as an Australian it and it's like. All jumbled. Uh, yeah, geez, that would be <laughs> tough. Because yeah, you've got no one who you can be like, oh, I sound normal, right? You know, yeah, you don't want to no bounce off. Yeah. And so did they hook you up with an apartment? Were you in like, which neighborhood of Buenos Aires? Yeah, you? so I was, um, I had my own, yeah, place to stay, thank God. Mm-hmm. Again, something I kind of literally just assumed would be fine, but then I realized like after the fact because i got a lawyer to look over the contract and stuff 
And then I was talking to someone else, another agent, who was just being nice to me, and they were like, you know, do, do, do you have private accommodation? Do you have to stay with other people? Are you sharing? And I was like, oh, my God, what if I'm, like, in a bunk bed? I actually <laughs> don't know. But, sure. no, I had my own um, private, like, just, like, a little one-bedroom yeah. apartment-y thing. It's so smart to get up. <laughs> I would just be like, I would be on the plane before the email barely hit my inbox. I wouldn't have thought of anything. I'll be oh, there, yeah. over there, like, I'm going to, you know, yeah. there's trailers. Right? I've seen movies. And, of course, <laughs> yeah. they can be like, here's your sleeping bag. He's a food voucher. And I'd be like, what do I say now, right? So I know. I know. Well, that was like what I would have done. Yeah. But I was like, okay, no, I should um, just get someone to do something. And this is actually a fun fact for you guys that you, mm -hmm. I think you guys might love. Mm -hmm. Is So I was like, okay, well, I should get um, like an entertainment lawyer to look over this contract. And I'm glad I did. Um, and I was asking for recommendations for a lawyer from people. And did you know that the kid who played Chunk on The Goonies... <laughs> Is now an entertainment lawyer. Oh, really? That's awesome. Does he still do the shuffle? I assume so. Um, but he's actually quite successful. He owns a firm called like Cohen and Gardner in Beverly Hills. Wow! And that was yeah. obviously the lawyer that like all yeah. of the random Australians that have lawyers use. Yeah. And I think they just use him because it was like chunk. Yes, totally. That's so yeah, cool. so like, chunk. yeah, use these guys. And that I was big like, like the big freaks working as his PA. You know. Yeah. So I, I he's like the that. big partner. So he's actually not my personal lawyer but one of Chunk's employees. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's trying to impress Chunk. <laughs> so like, yeah. Trying to work that one no, out. You're like watching chart. the guy go over the contract and he looks confused. You're like, should we take this up to Chunk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe go up the ladder to yeah. Chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Chunk's I, eye on that. I wonder if an Australian lawyer of that is like the young kid from Around the Twist or something. Yeah, you know, like be, what's yeah. our Australian well, version? he's the director, that, that guy. <laughs> is he really? Okay, yeah. there we go. Oh, you know who is a lawyer? Fuck. She was on... Um, Corinne Grant is a lawyer now. Yeah, oh, she really? quit. Now? Yeah, yeah, she just did it like the last two she, years, I think. Like yeah, yeah. role reversal. It's yeah. normally you do law for 20 years and then you <laughs> yeah. fucking start doing improv or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you hate your job. But that's so weird. Yeah, like, I've got to get out of wacky Australian TV comedy and <laughs> yeah. get a more normal job. Um, another thing, because me and Kirk, you were talking uh, yesterday about things we could um, run by, and you mentioned, Kirk, on uh, Lauren's travel blog that, that you talked about running into like the president of Westfield or something. Oh, oh, very yeah. rich man. Frank Lowy or something. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, I know it's all going to be jumbled around all the stuff, but okay. The question before, the neighborhood I was staying in was called uh -huh. Palermo, okay. which is like a touristy area. And then, yes, on the plane, I met a very rich man. Um, and that was funny because I, I mean, again, like, Guys, I'm sorry. I don't want to brag, but I was flying business class. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. That's when you must have realized it's not a scam because well, they're not yeah. putting you in business class to keep the scam going. Yeah. You know? Well, like a really good scam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost that, worth it in that yeah, case if you get like, scammed. Sure. Well, a, I mean, you're not scamming mad. them at that And point. you have ever flown business before? Never have. I imagine not. Probably never will again. Um, but no, it's amazing. It's life-changing. It will ruin traveling for you forever. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. it's, it's such a crazy long flight as well. So I had to fly to Chile and then, no, no, fly to New Zealand, to Chile, to Buenos Aires. And Chile to Buenos Aires is only like an hour and a half, but there's no like, that's just a smaller plane. So they don't have business class. So I had to like be in economy for that hour. Oh my God. And, I, and I got on and I was like, well, that'll be fine. And then I sat there and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? This is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Where's the rope? Where's the curtain? Yeah. You know? So now I'm like never going to be able to fly again. Yeah, that's brutal. I can't pay for it myself. Yep. Are you kidding? Anyway, but no, I because I was in business class to sit next to this like man and like, you know, you kind of, you're in there and so people assume that you're 
belong there. And mm. so he just assumed that I belonged there for a few minutes and then it just devolves into him being like, oh, I was, you know, in Sydney, I was staying in Point Piper, show me a picture, and then he showed me more photos. And he was like, and I said, like, oh, how are you excited about the World Cup? Because this was quite soon after um, Argentina won the World Cup. And he was like, yeah, I went, I made my sons come. My sons were like, dad, I'm busy at university. They go to, you know, they go to university in, in America. Um, but I made them come, and he showed me pictures, and he's literally on the pitch, like <laughs> with like he's kicking the goal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he's like he's... with a shake from Abu Dhabi. He's like, "That's my oh. friend, the shake." <laughs> <laughs> the shake. Uh, I wouldn't mind a shake. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he was a banking guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I work with some Australians. You know, I work with um, you know, Mr. Lowy of West mm. Westfield, Frank yeah, Lowy." Right, yep. And I was like, "Oh, I used to work in the car park." <laughs> <laughs> I got a staff email signed by. Frank, while we yeah, won, so yeah, Christmas. so you know, we're kind of colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Is he right? <laughs> Keeping well? Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. Wild Damn. Stuff. And you were like, oh, no, I really don't fit in a business class if this is the. I know. And it was like networking. And he was stressing out because there's the connection in Chile, apparently, is like very tight. And it was tight, tight enough that they left my bag behind there and I got it like five days later. Jesus but God. anyway, he was like, he was on the phone to his PA organizing a private plane for himself from Chile to PA. <laughs> you like, can I get a lift? <laughs> well, he was kind of like, he was like, no, look, you might not make it. So like, look, I'm going to do this. His English was good, but it was fine. And I kind of got the vibe. Like if I'd asked, I could have been on the plane. Yeah. But I was also like, look, Lauren, you've like already been flown here kind of by strangers on a whim. Should you get on a plane with a man? Mysterious rich you man. were asking for human trafficking. <laughs> <I was, laughs> looking at that for point, it. I was like, what would your mom say if something happened? Like, she'd be really mad at yeah, yeah. And I was also listening to a podcast just the week beforehand about the famous Andy's plane crash where they all cannibalize <laughs> each other. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that is like that area. Yeah. It is, that oh, is God. the same route. So. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Oh, I don't think I could fly a private plane like based on that. I don't you think know. you can fly it. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not getting in with Kirkaboard. <laughs> <laughs> I can give it a go. Uh, private planes freak me out. Same with helicopters. I would get in a fucking helicopter. Because you always hear about private planes mm, crashing. I mean, yeah. yeah. So sure. If anything's crashing, it's always a, a private plane. Yeah. 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 I guess. Well, the helicopter. Yeah. Like Kobe got taken out. Then there was that yeah. weird one in, in on the Gold Coast where the two helicopters hit each other. That oh. was fucking terrifying. That's crazy. Like earlier I this year. About that. That's like. There's all the air in the world. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> air up so there. Much. Yeah, you had to go for the fist bump. <laughs> 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 like, oh man. Go yeah. around, we man. Should, do people die? Maybe we should laugh about it. But like, sure, how did that? Some people survived. I think a couple of people died. Oh, okay, I'm glad. But <laughs> man, guys. I'm telling everyone if I survive a helicopter crash, oh, totally. head to head, I'm like people, I'm, yeah, I'm invincible. Land on the ground. You're like, look what you did. You dented this. <laughs> I've got a fucking neck brace on. Man, you got to get their insurance. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So political. A bit touristy, did you say? Or yeah, it? well, it was kind of, um, there's kind of like two different Palermos. Well, the weird thing as well about BA is that, like, a lot of the oh, I like the Nick, I like yeah. the BA yeah. that slipped in there. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. It's probably just because I say, like, Buenos Aires, like, really badly, like, <laughs> <laughs> Buenos Aires. Yeah. <laughs> um, all of the places are like named after places, so like, there's Palermo in Italy, yep. and then there's like Palermo Hollywood. And then there were, and you would like be getting an address and it was like, okay, the address is 36542839410121 Nigeria. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like everything's called a different country. Because I was like, Palermo, that's like famous, right? I was like, that's glamorous. And I was like, oh, it's like the other Palermo. Yeah. I mean, it's still cool, like Palermo, Buenos Aires, but it's not like a beachside 
Italian okay. resort. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. Was yeah. there like a Coffs Harbour or something like that? There was no, they were all cool. Like, you know, there was no. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, no, there was no Coffs Harbour. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think there were any. I should have looked up if there was a Sydney. Probably not. But Australia's less of a bigger deal than we always think. Mm. I know, of course. Yeah. I was like, surely yeah. there'd be a Brisbane. <laughs> Bruce Vegas. I'm in, the, I'm in the Brisbane. What do you mean there's no horns behind? Yes. <laughs> I'm looking for Dubbo. Is there a Dubbo around? Oh my God, I'd love that. And that would be like my diva moment. That I'd be like, I need to be staying in Hornsby Heights. Yeah. And they're like, it's really far away from the shooting locations. And I'm like, send a car. <laughs> Hornsby girl at heart forever. You have to go to Hornsby. So, culture, so you le- said to start, you didn't learn a lot of Spanish if if any mm. obviously on the shoot it's an English show so yeah. I imagine that was fine but day to day was it like I can just push through here or did everyone speak a bit of English oh, people spoke spoke a little bit of English but it was honestly pretty hard and then just different it's like everything you know like I, and I should have tried harder I did I did a few Spanish lessons but the problem was as well like I mean I didn't try hard enough that's the main problem let me say <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's the main problem but also I think Australian accent makes it harder in a way like mm. they're they're used to hearing American accents and so if I'd speak English they couldn't understand me if I tried to speak Spanish they couldn't understand mm. me and also Argentine Spanish is like way it's like notoriously hard and they speak really fast and they've got like weird different rules about spanish that aren't normal spanish um and so it was just kind of a lot but um day to day it was kind of doable but food was a bit hard to be honest Mm. because um they didn't have heaps of like i feel like what was missing was like you know, your Guzmini Gomez. Yes. <laughs> fast casual. Get one in America Guzman. and you're like, where's Guzman? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're going in and you can kind of, it's kind yeah. of a chain. Yeah. And it's, right. And, and you it's, can, there's a picture on the menu it. and you can tell Good one number point. two. Yeah. Yeah. All the food was kind of like <laughs> restaurant territory. And also the thing with restaurants in South America is that like, they're not in a hurry. Like that's okay. not a, no that's not a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sit down to eat, you're not gonna be able. To, if you sit down and try to catch someone's eye to order a drink straight away, they like look at you like, "What the fuck?" What's her problem? And like, you can't order a drink until you've been sitting there for like forty minutes, and then you order a drink, <laughs> and they'll come back Christ. another thirty minutes later and take your food order, and then it's like another forty minutes until your food even comes out, and then you try. And if you're with anyone who's from there, and you're like, "Oh, it's getting pretty late," they're like, "Why? What do you have to do?" Good and like, Lord. I have to go home, I guess. And they were like, and then what? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. That that's just, just a norm. This is my worst nightmare. Like, if I when I'm eating in a restaurant, the second the last bite is in my mouth, I'm like, all right, let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm up doing. Like, like, let I me know. fucking sit yeah, here and like enjoy a it. For restaurant a while. experience to be fifty to sixty-five minutes. I reckon. Oh, that would be a dream. Yeah. it's it's two to three hours in there. Yeah, that's too much. Even the Uber Eats whatever thing they had called Rappy was like. At least an hour. You order an hour before you want your food, <laughs> minimum. And most of the restaurants, because they eat so late at night, um, most of the restaurants don't even open until 8 p.m. Oh, my God. And so if you're meeting someone for dinner and you're like, oh, do you want to meet at 8 o'clock? If they're Argentine, they're like laugh in your face. <laughs> you're like yeah. an old lady. They're like, like, it's like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early bird special. Early bird special. What's so, but okay, if that's the case, I'm, all, I'm on board with that. But yeah. the morning then has to get pushed way out. You can't have it like, we also start at nine. You got to start yeah. at 11. Is I that- mean, I think, cause I, again, like my, I, I'm not privy to like the nine to five people of 
yeah. Argentina. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, ask around. The vibe I got just from hanging out was that like they're not starting at nine eight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, right. It seems like at like ten thirty eleven you'd kind of wander out and like get a coffee yeah. and like walk your dog and walk like eight dogs at a time. Actually, there's so many dogs. <laughs> yeah, I read that. The, I did see something. It's like the most dogs per capita of any city oh, really? in the world. Yeah, I yeah. Totally Buenos Aires. Yes. Felt that there was so many dogs, and there were so many like dog walkers who yeah would be walking fifteen dogs That's at once. Adorable. That's yeah. crazy. I was um, back on board. Just yeah. like, All right, lots of dogs. <laughs> yeah. I can fucking hold my one for the pro. Yeah, 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 good yeah. And yeah. Bad, good and bad. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have much, Kirk, but yeah, Argentina is such a strange country because you know, a hundred, hundred fifty years ago, if you had a, told someone of Australia and Argentina that Australia would be the wealthier one by far, mm. they would have laughed in your face. Like it was the richest country, yeah. and then it's just been a basket case ever since. It's such a strange economic situation, and like even little, not little things, but just how they operate, like in every single way, like. Um, I mean, the inflation was all over the place when I was there. Like, I'd get my same coffee from, like, the Starbucks every day. Mm. And, like, it was just a different price every day. Right. You just wouldn't know. And then also, they don't have credit. Did you know this? No. They don't. If you're buying a house in Argentina, you don't get a home loan. You have to buy it in cash. <laughs> and they, they also love U.S. dollars. So they any of their pesos, they sell them for U.S. dollars. Right. People just have, like, a safe full of U.S. dollars mm, in yeah. their house. They don't have, like, a bank account with money in it. And they don't keep pesos. It's all U.S. dollars. Wow. So that's why if you go over there with, like, U.S. dollars, um, it's really good because yeah, yeah, they yeah. buy them for, like, I think double the real exchange rate. The, the inflation thing um, reminds me, I'm pretty sure it's Argentina that it happened in, but it was somewhere in South America because the Economist magazine used to run the Big Mac index. So that was their own, like, um, measure of inflation yeah. based on the price of a Big Mac and how it fluctuated. And so the Argentinians were, were, like, getting embarrassed by all this inflation. They couldn't get it under control. So they forced McDonald's to keep the only menu item <laughs> steady was the Big Mac, but everything right. else is going around Jeez, it. And they're like, right. hey, pretty good, no inflation. That's so uh, funny. Uh, problem solved. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Everyone's burning their pesos to light a fire at home to stay warm. Literally, I'd get my per diems in pesos, and it was like I was like Pablo Escobar. Like my whole coffee table was filled with like. Yeah, yeah, right. I just said there's a famous. I don't know if you went out at night. There's a nightclub in Buenos Aires. Where in 1955, there was a bouncer there, Jorge Mario Bergoglio. He was a bouncer. That's how it's pronounced. Bergoglio, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bergo, what's going on, Bergie? Bergo's catchphrase. Well, he did eventually change his name. He became, he was the bouncer at that nightclub, but he became Pope Francis. What? <laughs> what? That's correct. Pope Francis. He was a bouncer. was a bouncer at this Dude, nightclub in Buenos Aires. Fashion heads. That's awesome. Fashion heads cleaning up. He would bounce at night. Uh, you know, no, no shoes, you know what I mean? Bounce around, whatever it's called. That too. rocks. And then he would be a janitor during the day, like at the same club cleaning up as a young man. Um, and then he became a chemist and he was working as a technician in a f- food science lab. And then he got really sick and pneumonia and he inspired to join the Jesuits in 58. And then he was a priest in 69 from 73 to 79. He was a um, Jesuit superior and then he became the Archbishop of Buenos Aires. And in 1998, when, when uh, all of the crazy economic stuff happened, in like um, I think what the stuff that you're talking about was like the, everyone had pesos in their bank account and all of a sudden the government were like, oh, they're now worth nothing. And so everyone had 100,000 pesos yeah. and now they're worth 20. So no one trusts. I think that was the cause of like, I trust US, I don't trust this. So that time he was the Archbishop and he was like the enemy of the president at the time. Kirchner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were really, him and his wife. In, in South America, Argentina, it's always a, 
a guy will be the president and then he'll die and his wife. <laughs> yeah. It's like happened like three times. <laughs> the Miss Lowe steps up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I can do this. Yeah, she's like, I was kind of doing it the whole time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way, actually. I'm really oh, bad at oh, it. Okay. <laughs> I know where he keeps the staff. Yeah, yeah. It was literally, it was Perron and then Kirchner, the exact same thing happened. Yeah, right. So they, but him and his wife were, uh, they were political rivals against, um, Against the Pope or the, the current Pope. And then he... Uh, should have bounced him right out of there. He should have bounced him. He's like, get out of here, you know. And then he became um, Pope in uh, 2013. Um, he was actually second. I, I thought he was a bit of an outlier, but he actually came second running for the Pope in 2005. Okay. I didn't know that. Wait, so he had a, running. Can you come second? I didn't yeah. know. I didn't realize places. it was a popularity yeah. contest. No, no well, they like vote. Yeah. Like, well, it's a like secret you have thing. To do, like secret ballot. You know, like Pope talent shows. It's not like stuff. Steve Harvey's <laughs> yeah. not pulling yeah. the winner out of a card yeah. on stage. Just like, swimsuit right, around. What you got? Yeah, yeah exactly. And he's like standing there, and you got to be really happy when they say the runner-up. It's none of that stuff. It's like Miss America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and the runner-up goes to it. No, so they go in. And they all vote. It's a secret ballot who votes for what. But then it funnels down, and then they do the white smoke. Someone white smoke, black smoke stuff. But someone all, some one of the one of the um, cardinals will t- keep a secret tally and then hand it out to the newspapers later. It's not televised or anything. Mm, but yeah. he came second in two thousand and five, and then in two thousand thirteen, they're like, he's too old. He's seventy six. Um, and um, his and pope and years are behind. His pope and years <laughs> are behind him. Um, and then he, but he he triumphed. And then he was asked if he would accept the accept the role. He said, "Although I am a sinner, I accept." It sounds a bit like he's trying to get out ahead of some, yeah. you know, breaking news about yeah. him. He's like, "Hey, listen, I've got some dirt on me, but don't get into that. I did some stuff when I was a bouncer." But there you go. So he's still quite um. Fuck. There you and go. Yeah, there's a bit of bit of history there. I like that. There is a there's a guy who's uh, making news in uh, Argentina at the moment. His name is Javier Malay. He's uh, Argentina's presidential front runner, perhaps. Oh. So um, by the time this episode is released, he might actually be the president of Argentina. Oh, but wow. he's like a, he's a real character. I got this from a. Is he uh, like the left or right guy? He's far right. Far far right. Like people are calling him basically the Trump because he's kind of he has wacky got all these side sounds. Bands. Yeah, wacky side. Sideburns. Fuck, I fucked that up. <laughs> and he's got all these crazy sound bites about his campaign. He's got all, a weird background. So um, there, it's this is an article from The Guardian. It says, The hairstylist responsible for Argentina's most famous sideburns <laughs> oh, believes people <laughs> don't Johnson. always vote based on what they see, They uh, what they hear. They vote with what they see. With that in mind, Lilia Lemoyne used her scissors to turn the man she wants as the country's next president, wild-haired celebrity economist Javier Malay, into what she considers an irresistible proposition, a South American fusion of Elvis Presley and the adamantium-clawed mutant Wolverine. Wow. I mean, it sounds hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a look. It sounds good to me. So he's got got big um, sideburn chops. She says, he looks like Wolverine, he acts like Wolverine. He's like an anti-hero, explained Lemoyne, a professional cosplayer who is the image <laughs> consultant for the eccentric hard-right libertarian, seemingly poised to lead the region's second largest economy. So that's like, you know, if Albo had someone been like, on weekends I like to dress up like Pokemon. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, our, our, we vote like for whoever whoever you want to have a beer with, which is the most ridiculous. So everyone's like, I'd rather have a beer with Albo than Scott Morrison. And it's like, he wins on that <laughs> alone. That's it. So it's like Albo, yeah. Hawkey, that we, so we have this weird, but that they're like true. going off mutton yeah. chops. So I guess we can't, yeah, come like, like, 100%. these fucking idiots. No, but uh, so Lemoyne, her stage name is Lady Lemon. 
She saw striking similarities between uh, Malay and the volatile Marvel character who inspired his unconventional side whiskers. Wolverine is very loyal and brave. He can get really mad and be aggressive with his enemies, but only when he's attacked. He will never, ever kill someone or attack someone for no reason, the 43-year-old said. It's so funny, okay, because she didn't just say in passing. It's like, you know, it's kind of like an Elvis meets Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, and they're like, okay, that's funny. And then she's like... Wolverine is part of the cinematic universe of the X-Men. Like, and it's like, okay. It's like a year six presentation or something. It's just like. Keeps talking about Wolverine. It's like, okay, it could have been like a funny little passing thing, but he's made it weird. She keeps going as well. She says, he's adorable. He opens the door for you. He always speaks in a nice tone. She's still a Wolverine, or is this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, she said, and then she says, so she says that, and then she produces a pair of nail scissors she once used to give his hair an emergency trim before he went on camera. Nail, nail clippers. Yeah, no, like nail scissors, like you, you know, the real yeah. small. Oh, ones? sure, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, so it says Lemoyne isn't alone in adoring a political newcomer who found fame on racy television talk shows where he scrutinized the economy and evangelized about tantric sex before <gasps> entering politics in 2021. So he'd go on and he'd talk about, like, he'd go on, like... This as, is an like, economist as yeah, well. Yeah, he'd go on, like, politically Sexy. incorrect with Bill Maher and be like, the economy's bad, but also, like, you can hold your nut for so long. <laughs> no, not November. Yeah, yeah. That's how we're going to solve inflation. <laughs> it says, uh, Paul suggested the self-proclaimed anarcho-capitalist will defeat his main rivals, the Peronist Finance Minister Sergio Massa and the former Security Minister Patricia Bullrich in next Sunday's election, although a November runoff is likely. And I think that's what's happening now. I think it's gone mm. to runoff because the last article I saw said, like, he could still technically be president by December. It was 5149. And he had 49 that and I so saw this morning. So they're saying, like, not to – let's step out of the Marvel Universe. It's like a Trump, <laughs> Boris Johnson style, yeah. like, shaggy, yeah. like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, kind of like a Wolverine. <laughs> 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 let's check back into there. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And character. <laughs> <laughs> Sabretooth almost, you know. Maybe. I wouldn't go so far as say Sabretooth. I would probably stick more on the Wolverine side of uh, – the X-Men. Another <laughs> quote. It's hard to predict, and I could tell you all the reasons he might lose, but I think if you're a betting man, you'd have to put your money on Malay, said Benjamin Gadan, the head of the Wilson Center's Argentina project. Gadan rejected the idea that Malay's popularity was proof of a major conservative shift, like the one that saw his far-right ally, Jair Bolsonaro, elected mm. in Brazil in 2018. Voters were not flocking to Malay because of his anti-abortion views, or plans for drastic spending cuts. Rather, they saw him as a renegade from outside Argentina's venal political caste who could end decades of economic mismanagement and corruption by demolishing the political establishment and building something new. But and he's an adamantine skeleton. Yeah. Uh, stops him. Cuts from it down with the claws. <laughs> uh, it isn't the ideas that are appealing. Appealing. It's plague on both your houses populism, Gadan said. It's literally a cry of rage. The prospect of a Malay pro- uh, presidency has thrilled millions of supporters and horrified detractors who fear the foul-mouthed populace could wreak further havoc on a nation already reeling from a 40% poverty rate and an annual inflation of 138%. That explains the Starbucks. Mm. Yeah. The most, what's the most you paid for a coffee? I you really felt it. My DM is getting into. It was normally, and if you want to run the... Okay, so the currency was 
confusing for so many different reasons as well. So it was normally, I think it, uh, my cold brew was about 1,050 pesos, mm-hmm. okay. which I think was at the full exchange rate about the same as what you'd pay here, which is like outrageously expensive to buy for a coffee. And it yeah. was a nitro cold brew, right? Straight from the tap. <laughs> Makes it worth it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Sponsored by Nitro. <laughs> it's not told us about. I love Starbucks. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I do. It's so good. I accept we don't because there's currently a, what oh. do you call it on them? Sure. Oh, they cancelled? And that's why we're absolutely not drinking it at oh, the moment. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, certainly won't make the drive to Broadway to get a cold brew with Fab- no Is there any Starbucks cream. left? Yeah, that's, that's my, that's my so favourite. Oh, <laughs> you guys are like in there with the cloaks <laughs> over here. <laughs> that's my favourite and that's why. We certainly haven't drunk it in months. <laughs> I miss it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> back to Wolverine then. Yeah. Uh, sure. More than Malay's ideas, what worries me is his state of mind and emotional stability, says Juan Luis Gonzalez, the author of an unauthorized biography which takes Malay's nickname as its title. El Loco, which means the madman. The book. God, even I got that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good. People are calling you El Loco, <laughs> sir. I mean, I'm like, I don't know any Spanish, but I don't have a good feeling yeah, about yeah. this. I mean, honestly, I say I didn't learn Spanish, but there's so much that you can kind of piece together. Yeah. Like yesterday I was talking to Alex, my boyfriend, about um, for some reason the John and Hank Green came up. And I was like, ah, Los Verdes Hermanos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Green Brothers. Everything. Yeah. You can kind of think of a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. If you really put your mind to it. If you've really seen enough TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've eaten Salsa Verde, <laughs> you've watched Breaking Bad, <laughs> you can speak Espanol. Yeah. <laughs> so the book called El Loco, uh, Lemoyne dismissed the book as shit. Uh, <laughs> portrays Malay as an unhinged loner who is bullied. Yeah. Who was bullied and beaten as a child and gets political advice from four cloned Mastiff dogs oh, named nice. after libertarian what? thinkers such as Murray Rothbard. Okay, oh, we've buried God. the lead here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this like, oh, Wolverine, Wolverine. He has four cloned Mastiff dogs. Mm. That give him advice. And that he's named that after Austrian economists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Milton Friedman and shit. I yeah. mean, that's the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah he that's is an expert. He's, so he's Charles. Lemoyne, you know? he's like Lemoyne says, they're very good advisors, don't you think? And she declined <laughs> yeah. to deny or confirm that this thing about the dogs was true. On the campaign trail, Malay has appalled critics by calling human-driven climate change a socialist lie, accusing the Pope of sympathising with murderous communists, downplaying the crimes of Argentina's dictatorship, and brandishing a chainsaw. So he just goes and does speeches and revs up the chainsaw. That rocks. His more radical ideas include... Like two truths and a lie or something. The dogs are the chainsaw. <laughs> it's actually that he's not Wolverine. <laughs> His more radical ideas include abolishing the central bank and dollarizing the economy, legalizing the sale of organs, loosening gun laws, and shunning Argentina's biggest trading partners, China and Brazil. It would be truly catastrophic, said the Agriculture Secretary, Juan Jose Bajilo, claiming the latter proposal would cost Argentina $25 billion and hundreds of thousands of jobs. The mere prospect of a Malay presidency is already causing economic upheaval. Argentina's peso has plunged against the dollar in recent weeks, something experts partly blame on Malay's attacks on a currency he says is worth less than excrement. (laughs) 
Yeah, he knows his way around a soundbite. <laughs> Even when he's the cause of economic problems right now, he's also the beneficiary. And the worse things get, and they are getting worse, the greater the chances that voters turn to him. Uh, so then there's another quote from a prominent leftist called Juan Grabois, who likens Malay to the Pied Piper of Hamlin said, electing this figure of chaos would have dire consequences for a nation already experiencing its worst financial crisis since the 2001 meltdown and said that the poor would suffer the most. Nevertheless, Grabois said he understood perfectly why many downtrodden informal workers, including many of his own voters, were drawn to Malay, having been economically destroyed by the two traditional political forces that have governed for the past two decades. So it is kind of a Trump thing. Like, everyone's yeah. coming in and being like, it works. Well, it can't get worse. Mm. This guy's talking about claws and... Look at his hair. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a fucking chainsaw. To, yeah. If any of these guys combed their hair, they'd be nothing. You know, yeah, they've yeah. got to have a shaggy head. Yeah, and then, and head, everyone's yeah. like, He's like me. I'm unkempt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's and a so man of the people. That's what people are saying. Like, so a lot of, like, far left, uh, like, theorists and stuff are saying he'll kill the economy, but he is mobilizing the downtrodden to be like, well... We're already fucking poor. Mm. Like, let, let's do something. Yeah. Let me sell my organs, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those so red there, tape. There's like a guy, there's a delivery driver who said when I first heard him talk, it was like, boom, he revolutionized my mind. And uh, so there are other people just saying like, oh, well, now I've heard this guy think. He seems like the the best person to go for. It's, it's like there's a woman um, called... Ariana Torres Pamela says he's changed the way I think. I used to be so conformist. Then I started listening to Malay and realized things could be so much better. She's a mother of three who earns about $180 a month. And she said that life is tough with prices constantly rising. Her fridge contains six hot dogs, nine eggs, and half an onion. It's more than my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> but Malay's ideas had convinced the family they could forge ahead. We want a country our kids don't have to leave or study to find work. Like there are 170,000 Venezuelan migrants who have moved to Argentina in recent years fleeing their country's economic collapse. So this guy's... Uh, yeah, and then there's heaps more about libertarian politics and how this guy's a master orator and stuff like that. And there's <laughs> stuff that's calling everything shit and excrement. Yeah, and the yeah guy basically. Is like, well, Obama, this is <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and so the country's kind of divided now between people who are saying like he's a fake, he's going to ruin the economy, and people are like, but what? Give it him, give him a go. What? Well, how can it be worse? It's like if you if you crush the major bank, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. So, and by the and time this comes out, he might be Argentina's president. And when you were there, when were you there, Lauren? How, how about long um, ago? Beginning of this year. Beginning so. of this year. So there wasn't a presidential, uh, you know, there wasn't, wasn't sort of full campaign. swing. The no, not feeling that, in the air. <laughs> not that I noticed. <laughs> not that you're looking at the uh, the, again, fun, the, the financial review, Argentine and <laughs> yeah, uh, really back pages. Wasn't. <laughs> I couldn't understand what anyone around me was saying. <laughs> I was just wandering around the shops. <laughs> so, not to my knowledge. Not to actually, knowledge. I had one one cab driver um, told me a bit about some stuff. I think so. Do they have a left-wing person in at the moment? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he was happy. He was, or maybe he was even getting ready for this guy, but he was kind of saying like, you know, oh, a lot of division and then this guy, some people don't like him. There's this other guy. Anyway, this is not helpful at all. <laughs> <laughs> you were just yeah. nodding along, yeah. trying to oh, listen yeah, to your yeah, podcast yeah, and you're like, shut up. You <laughs> and but was it after, you would have been just after the World Cup? Were you just there? It was pretty soon after. Yeah, so I, I w went there very late January um, this year, 2023. So Was there that vibe in months. the air? Oh, yeah. They were still so excited yeah. and it was crazy. Like, and I, and I, knew that it was already crazy 
but like they were just stoked. And also when the World Cup was happening, I had just found out that I was going to be going anyway. And so I was like, oh man, I hope they win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go over there. You but step out of the plane, they're all cheer, and you're like, oh, they really like me here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah, they'd yeah. lost, like the vibes would be bad. Oh, like, totally. But they're super stoked, and that's nice. I'm happy for them, and they love Messi. And he's not normally there, but he was actually there when I was there. Oh. And um, he went to a restaurant one night. He went to Don Julio, which is a very famous restaurant, and it like got out that he was there, and it, like the city shut down. <laughs> like oh, the streets no. were flooded with people. It was like a riot. Like. People, people love Messi. Yeah. He should run for president. Oh, he would win in an instant. I mean, yeah. I love that the keeper, he got in like, he had national news attention because he got the World Cup and did that thing where he put it as his penis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was famous photo funny. with like the FIFA official. Yeah. Yes. Like one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the look on his face when he's doing it as well. Is oh, perfect. it's a timeless classic. That's so um, I got a bit of a story here that I found. Um, speaking of, you know, you thought you were being scammed, this yeah. this poor gentleman. This is um, a bloke named Paul Frampton. Uh, so in no- November 2011, uh, this Paul Frampton bloke, he is a theoretical particle physicist. Uh, he'd just been divorced three years earlier. And he met a nice woman on the online dating site, mateone.com. So this bloke, theoretical physicist, so Pitt already, you got forming a bit of a picture. Yeah. He's 67, 68 nerd. at the time. Old nerd. Old nerd. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, uh, not, no chiseled good looks or anything. But nonetheless, this lovely lady he hit it off with, uh, she was named Denise Milani. Uh, she's a Czech bikini model. Um, described in this article I read as being gorgeous, dark-haired and dark-eyed. Not that you followed up with any image searches with or anything uh, like that. I just read the article. Oh, I looked her up a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had a supposedly natural triple D breast size. Triple so, D? Triple D. <laughs> it's unconventional. I had to, that I had to fact check. Um, so soon they're chatting online nearly every single day. Frampton, um, he'd return home from the campus where he'd been professor. Uh, in the physics and astronomy department. This is the University of North Carolina, uh, Carolina Chapel Hill. He'd been there for 30 years, uh, and every day he'd rush home after work and just buzzing with messages on the computer saying, are you there, honey? I need to talk to you. I miss you, all this, right? Uh, They'd chat on Yahoo Messenger for a while. Then he'd go into the other room to take care of something. Half an hour later, he's getting another message from her being like, what are you doing now? Like, just love bombing the shit out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she told him she was tired of being a, quote, glamour model, just laying on the beach, posing in a bikini while men ogled her. I get it. And she, <laughs> said, <laughs> she said she finally wanted to settle down and have some kids. Uh, then every time he wants to chat on the phone, she makes an excuse. So, you know, no red flags there. Mm. Um, eventually, she agrees to meet him in person. This is huge. Uh, so he's in Chapel Hill and she's Czech. And so naturally, they arranged to meet in Bolivia. <laughs> Uh, okay. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so January 7, 2012, Frampton sets out for Bolivia via Toronto and Santiago, Chile to meet the love of his life. Um, he didn't plan on staying long. He literally he left his car in the airport car park because he's like, I'm just going to zip over, grab her, come back. Uh, you know, probably could leave it running. Um, and uh, immediately he starts hitting some snags. So first, the e-ticket for the Toronto-Santiago leg of his journey turned out to be invalid which left him stranded in Toronto for a full day. Why did he go to Toronto first? No idea. South she Carolina. she arranged all the tickets as well, I should oh say. That's a runaround. Yeah. Um, so other mishaps ensue. He doesn't end up in Bolivia for f- until four days later um, that he was supposed to. He hoped to meet Milani the next morning, but by then she had been called away to another photo shoot in Brussels. 
Um, as you do. As you do. But, of course, she promised him a ticket to join her. So he settles into a hotel room, starts working on some of his physics papers, um, and they're chatting. She says, here's a ticket to um, Buenos Aires, BA, as we call it. <laughs> and, uh, and when you get there, I'll send another one to Brussels. Um, but just one more thing, can you bring me a bag I left in Bolivia? No. Uh-oh. So <laughs> Look in the bag at oh, least, man. Wow. I'll read this whole paragraph. Um, this is directly from this article. While in Bolivia, Frampton corresponded with an old friend, John Dixon, a physicist and lawyer who lives in Ontario. When Frampton explained what he was up to, Dixon became alarmed. His warnings to Frampton were unequivocal. Dixon told me not too long ago, still clearly upset. I said, well, inside that suitcase, sewn into the lining will be cocaine. You're in big trouble. Paul said, I'll be careful. I'll make sure there isn't cocaine in there. And if there is, I'll ask them to remove it. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> they will understand. Scientist. Yeah. Jesus I Christ. thought they were probably going to kidnap him and torture him to get his money. I didn't know he didn't have any money. Uh, I said, well, you're going to be killed, Paul. So whom should I contact when you disappear? And he said... <laughs> that's, like, that's so funny. It's such two old man professor friends. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. They should make a miniseries. It's played by like Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to be call- killed, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whom would you like <laughs> to contact? <laughs> uh, and then he said... Paul said, you can contact my brother and my former wife. <laughs> Frampton later told me that he shrugged off Dixon's warning about drugs as, be- as melodramatic, adding that he rarely pays attention to the opinion of, of others. Um, so, on January 20, a shifty-looking bloke rolls up to his hotel room, gives him the bag, and he's expecting it to be like a Louis Vuitton or something. He's like, this lady's like, can you please, it's bag has so much sentimental value to me. And it's just a shitty black bag. Duffel like, bag. You know, yeah, yeah, duffel bag type thing. Uh, on wheels, like a little um, suitcasey thing. And when he asked Milani about it, she said it had sentimental value. That's why she wanted it. Um, so he flies into BA and while he was waiting around the airport, he gets, starts getting frustrated. And so he had a friend send him a ticket back to North Carolina, figuring that she would come to his place to get the bag if she wanted it so much. Um, he checks the bag in. A few hours later, hears his name over the loudspeaker, which a great side note from this article. He said that when he did hear his name over loudspeaker, he thought he was getting upgraded to business class. <laughs> 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 poor fucking dude. Right. Uh, then a few hours after that, he's arrested and he's in the slammer. Um, in So he's jailed. And in jail, he in seems- In Argentina? In Buenos Aires. Yeah. So in jail, he seems to be have been fairly popular with the inmates because he's a bit of an oddity. Um, so the guards would walk past and shout things like, hey, professor, you won the Nobel yet? And like just, you know, Sort of rev him up a little bit, and Your that sounds like torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whenever his case came up on the local news programs on TV, they'd flash images of Denise Milani, and all the prisoners would hoot and holler, and he'd be like, "That's my girl." Uh, really? <laughs> it's some like Shutterstock image, you know? And he's like, "That's my babe." Well, she's a real person. Oh, okay. But um, was not- it actually her doing not- this? Yeah. <laughs> um, he 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 also tell me who this reminds you of. He wore a uh, red Adidas tracksuit. Top to bottom, went the full Muggleton. Oh, a mug style. Um, and reading, like reading, it reminds me of George Blue Senior in Arrested Development when he's in jail and he's just like the king of like, running the show in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole time he maintained he was the victim of a scam and it never occurred to him that the person he was talking to was anyone other than Milani. He was oh. like, I can't wait to get out to be reunited. I can't. I can't so you think someone it. else has scammed him? Yes. Okay. Um, and also speaking of, you know, like we got a lot of work, t- like shit to work through with me and my <laughs> triple D fucking check model. I can't believe that. I'm so mad at her. Um, the silent and, and this is like, like speaking of the Nobel prize, here's a like little insight into the way his mind works. So he told this New York, New York times reporter, I've co-authored with three Nobel laureates. Only 11 theoretical physicists have done that. Six out of those 11 have won Nobel prizes themselves. Following this logic, I have a 55% chance of getting the Nobel. <laughs> 
So this is I love this, this is the this vibe. Guy. So dumb but so smart. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, people who know him really well describe him as um, being sort of, you know, a bit of an idiot savant. So his ex-wife said he was, quote, a brilliant scientist with the emotional age of a three-year-old. Wow. Um, okay. He also, but he also did have a bit of a big head. Um, when the reporter asked him why he, he thought that a woman who looked like Milani would be interested in him, he basically, he replied, well, I have been accused of having a big ego. So he, he genuinely thinks like this woman would want him. He sees himself as like the center of the universe no matter what happens and he has like super high opinion of himself. Um, direct quote from this article again. In what a fellow physicist described as a very vain, very inappropriate talk delivered on the 80th birthday of Murray Gell-Mann, a Nobel laureate in physics, Frampton veered into autobiography recounting how his ability to multiply numbers in his head at four led him to see himself as cleverer than Newton. <laughs> well, that so is he's at someone else's party and he's having a speech yeah. and he drops that I'm smarter than Newton <laughs> yeah, in I the mean, speech. That is like his ex-wife's right there and he's like, Ask me any multiplication. Like, I, what's nine times seven? And, and then he's just like, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, so the, the, that, 63. the line. <laughs> <laughs> Is this you, Alex? I'm smarter than Newton. The, uh, the line, um, cleverer than Newton, became a refrain throughout the talk. So he kept going back to how he's cleverer than Newton. Interspersed with the calculations and hypotheses were his Oxford grades. So he was telling everyone how good his Oxford grades were in this speech still. Uh, he said that he that it showed that he, um, like Newton, was in the top one percentile for intelligence. Um, and then he's like, oh, "I was just joking," but everyone's like, "No, you weren't." Um, and oh. so, so this uh, this th- um, journalist who wrote this, she um, had many meetings with this guy, or whatever. And so she's recounting that in many of my conversations with him, he seemed to cling to the idea of his own exceptionalism. During our first meeting, when I asked him what attracted him to Milani, he said not to offend present company, referring to me and the representative from the penitentiary service. But to start with, she's in the top one percentile of how women look. (laughs) (laughs) And And he still has no clue that he's just looking at her. Yeah, yep. Uh, And in an email to Milani, or like whoever was playing Milani, Frampton wrote, as these days tick by, and I think about it a lot, the more I realise that we are the perfect couple in all respects. Oh, my God. So he's I like, mean, he's happy. Like, he, yeah. You know, well, he comes off as a, you know a, a narcissist, like a textbook yeah. narcissist. I don't want him to get out of jail and have the other shoe drop. Um, and also, the psychologist <laughs> for the prosecution later would... Con- like a, They did a bunch of tests on him, and a bunch of them were like, he's consistent with narciss- narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his defense strategy was to portray him as the wacky scientist out of his depth in the real world. Um, <laughs> he's just being like, Your Honor, have you ever watched Rick and Morty? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my client is a sort of Sheldon Cooper type. <laughs> 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 and you're sitting in his spot. <laughs> he gets all crazy hair and they're like, El Presidente, <laughs> we must select this man. Um, this whole strategy starts to unravel a little bit uh, once the text messages come to light. So here are some texts from the day when he was at the airport on January 22. This text number one sent 9.46am Frampton to Milani. Was worried only about sniffer dogs, but now I'm worried about more. 9.52am. Need to know if your loyalty is with the bad guy agent and Bolivian friends or the good guy, your husband. (laughs) 9.56am. Siru, which is the name of the hotel they were meeting in Brussels. This is all caps. Siru is ambush. 10.14am, your naivety is bad for me, us. This is millions, no Siru, okay? And then 11.19am, uh, he switches over to email. This stuff is worth nothing in Bolivia, but millions in Europe. You meet me at the airport and we do not go near the hotel the agent suggested. Stay at another hotel. 11.47, back to text. 
Fifth un- unanswered text, by the way. Uh, never a great look. Quote, Monday arrival changed. You must not tell the coca goons. <laughs> uh, and then 12, 12, 16, all caps. Why are you ignoring me? At this last moment, we did not decide how to meet tomorrow in Brussels and keep coca and lives. At Siri, we may lose both. And finally, at 1.06 p.m., we may do a cool million. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty incriminating. I think, okay, I think he's obviously guilty. And I still think he should just be released. Yeah, <laughs> this is like such like, a bumbling man, thing. Stop it! I know. D- so th- that's the opening gambit from the from the prosecution. The defense they return serve saying he was joking. The old I was joking <laughs> defense. He seems to love that one. And they say if um, they also say if they knew that there was a milli worth of drugs in his bag, why does the CCTV footage at the airport show him leaving it abandoned for hours at a time? And then his ex-wife gets on the witness stand and she says, quote, I've seen him in airports. He leaves all his bags and goes wandering off for half an hour somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so, so absent-minded. Oh, and then, all right, so that's the return, sir. Boom, back to the prosecution. They produce a piece of paper on which Frampton has written, one gram equals $200. 200 grams equals $400,000. <laughs> Why did he have to write this down when he can do the two <laughs> things? <laughs> and so 2,000 grams, that, the amount of coke found in the bag, 1,980 grams. So it's like, this is pretty sus. But you're right. Why would he write it down? 1,080 grams. So he'd already snorted 20 grams (laughs) of it, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then November 19, he's sentenced to four years and eight months in jail for drug smuggling. Um, and That's the story, not that long. it's not, not really. really oh, well, he got, um, cause something about in Argentina, if you're a, you know, foreign citizen, you only serve, I think half of your sentence before that they basically kick you out. So you can get whatever. And then it gets to two years and like, oh, right, yeah, fuck I read off, about this. Like oh. you can, there's a law that you can claim where like, if you're a foreign national, you serve half your sentence and then you get deported, but you don't have to go to prison in the other country. Oh, yeah. we should have so done crime down. Yeah. <laughs> That's like an inflation thing where you're doing an exchange rate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Half, price half price sentences. Half price sentences, 50% <laughs> so on this, And he Duty still free. believes well, this the story exists this, as well. This is how the story wraps. Okay. This is the last paragraph of this um, profile. One of Frampton's last emails to Denise Milani was written on a pirated cell phone a month into his stay inside Devoto Prison. Quote, I only think of cuddling all day and having sex all night with Denise <laughs> Milani. How can you prove that you are Denise Milani? No, he's so he is holding He's on. asking for news. The penny, the fucking I, um, news And I looked him up. He's, so he was released in 2015. He went back. He, he went to England where he was born. Um, but he's literally still publishing like groundbreaking research. He published a paper on the expansion of the universe and dark matter this yeah, year. He's on coke. He's like, <laughs> not, yeah, his producti- <laughs> productivity's through the roof. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, Peter Frampton, the poor fella. Damn. Oh, wait, I Peter Frampton's his name? Frampton. <laughs> <laughs> he really came alive. Buried <laughs> <laughs> the lead there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, that I know awesome. that you two will go home and look up a photo of this woman. But cheers. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just you. Already sent it to me. Does it ever say who was impersonating? They don't know who it was. They don't, they, they don't so know. she could be real. <laughs> Allow me to put on my Peter well, Frampton hat. They, so she had been contacted, like when the story broke. Uh, so she was like, they okay, went to her and she's like, she just said, "I feel sorry for the guy." Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I felt sorry for him until like it, he's clearly a narcissist, an imbecile. Yeah. I thought it was literally just like, let's con this idiot to yeah, drink, no, no. and then we'll just bash him in he, wherever. He was definitely, um, yeah, he was like. 
this woman loves me. I'm. She's like, I'm I feel sorry for the guy. You know, I thought, you know, if you made it to Brussels, we could be together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's waiting at the airport. Huge dance, just in there, like, where's my scientist? <laughs> I got your message, baby. I'm yeah. not a Saru. The Coca Goons can't get us. Hotels <laughs> <laughs> compromise. Oh god, that was like, I mean, you know what? He went through the lot, but like the whole travel thing, where it's like, oh, we just got to go here. I mean, that could have been you and that private plane, right? Because the guy's like, hey, well, why don't you just take this bag? Yeah. Got three bags, and then you're yeah. like, all I mean, of a it's also like prison. an easy lie to just like tell someone on a 20 hour flight, be like, Oh, the connection here is terrible. Yeah, like, you're yeah. better off on a private plane. Yeah, mm. oh, just jump on. Oh, just grab. Oh, do you want this Gucci bag? And I'd yeah. be like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been eyeing it the whole time. Wait, is that real Gucci? <laughs> uh, I got do you have anything else you want? Because I got one more, and it's an airplane story to wrap. Is that oh. all right? I don't mind an airplane. Story. Okay, it's a bit of story. it's a very. I'll go quickly about it, but it's a it's probably the most infamous air raid incident ever, oh. and it happened a, a flight from uh, yeah Buenos Aires Airport to New York City, Azizia International yeah. Airport. Yeah, that's, that's where the I big flew one. There. That's the flu one. So uh, it was a fl- and and because you're talking about business class, this is a flight. As I said, that it, it all happens in first class. So not oh. even business. They're wow. looking down at business class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, look I at this guy. I was only a, a recurring guest star. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on the lead. Does first class exist anymore? I feel like you never hear about it now. It it's all business class. Not, not every plane. Not every plane. Mm. Yeah. Some of the some of those um, for the uh, London to New York, the Atlantic ones. There's the first class is like a upper deck. It's like. A whole yeah. nother, you oh, go upstairs nice. yeah. and there's like a bar, there's like a hairdresser. It's oh, like Emirates. Cool. I, well, yeah, the guy I was sitting next to on the plane was telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah. I could have said that when I was flying, they asked if I wanted to fly Qantas or if I wanted to fly um, South American Airlines, whatever, Latam, Latin American Airlines. But the L- Latam one was like very direct. It was like just New Zealand there. But if I flew um, Qantas, I would have had to like fly to like la and then down to ba like mm. it was a nightmare but it would have been like a more glamorous flight yeah, right. so i was kind of like maybe but i was like no don't be an idiot <laughs> <laughs> but the guy next to me who was the westfield banker or whatever mm-hmm. he was telling me he was like yeah yeah i fly the time all the time it's all right it's fine this is fine you know but he's, he's he doing like, jet star in his yeah, head yeah. You know? he was yeah. like he was like yeah we did emirates to the to the world cup and he's like showing me pictures of his son in the bar and stuff oh and god, i was like oh my god is your son single i mean i'm, <laughs> I'm not but <laughs> <laughs> we could come i'm sure to he'll understand yeah something. yeah so this is a guy, 58 years old, Jared Finneran, Wall Street investment banker. And just to give you some context, I read this story. I'm like, there's no way that Mid-Flight Rule haven't done this story. Yeah. <laughs> this this was episode four of Mid-Flight Rule. Okay. <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll skip through it, I guess. But um, And I haven't listened to that episode, but it's it's very up there. Early. So Jared Finneran, 58, Wall Street investment banker, who was a managing director of a, tru- a trust company of the West investment management firm. He was like... First graduating class out of the Air Force Academy. He was an athlete, MBA from University of Michigan, renowned ex- expert on third world debt, particularly Latin America. So he's an expert in his field. He's a big wig down there and uh, he's returning home to Greenwich, Connecticut. So he's just like as rich as you can yeah. get in that in that world. Um, and this is sort of like the, the story. Sharon um, Manscar, one of the flight attendants, recalled Finneran seated in first class had become disruptive even before takeoff. According to the complaint, he began drinking alcoholic beverages before the flight took off, continued through the flight. He alleged that the 
it was alleged that the crew served him beverages, but then he started getting up, serving himself. Not a good sign. Okay, <laughs> early good, doors. That's a power move. And then when when members of the crew told him to stop, he demanded they serve him more drinks. And when one male attendant refused, Finneran allegedly threatened to bust his ass. <laughs> this is a 58-year-old man, by the way. I'm just like, yeah, so, so it starts off, the takeoff approaches. They're having him taken off yet. He's already being an absolute menace. Uh, he was able to steal uh, the the flight attendant was able to steal the champagne bottle away from him because he's not like drinking like you know yellowtail red. It's yeah. like you know yeah. he's stealing like champagne. hot his top champagne, he's sculling champagne, and uh, able to persuade it from him, getting back to his seat. But as soon as the plane was airborne, he jumped up, served himself another two glasses of wine. Why was he was he on Ambien or something, or was he? The why was he acting so crazy? Yeah. It's just a businessman. There's a businessman. Yeah. I don't know if he was like yeah, a he must have done. off yeah, he must the grog and then he had one yeah. sip and he Barney Gumbled and was like, <laughs> you know, it begins or something. I don't know. They, yeah. It certainly wasn't in his defense. Um, that, but this, because actually nothing has happened so far is actually what, what really got him in trouble. So another <laughs> crew member again found him in the gallery pouring more wine took the bottle and secured it between his legs and the male flight attendant approached him and said, we're going to take a little break from drinking now, which I love. <laughs> That's so funny. Love that. That'll just make you more mad. Oh, that, that absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you when I take a break. <laughs> bust yeah, your yeah, ass. I've been kicked out of Epping RSL before. <laughs> <laughs> I know this dance. Uh, and then he started getting out of his seat, threatening to assault the man. Another supervisor intervened. So it was very back and forth. Eventually, um, the, the crew, they draw the curtains over first class. They take a break. And they're, they've just reached, uh, you know, cruising altitude or whatever. And the Sharon Marks. So this is all in takeoff. Is, yeah. <laughs> He's it's not, not they're literally barely like, like seatbelt sign is literally. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. And <laughs> he's like a Tasmanian a devil. <laughs> so when she gets up, Sharon Manscar, the flight attendant, um, she takes it, finally takes a seat. She's like, oh my God, like he, crazy. And then she feels the sheet the seat shake <laughs> and she stands up and he pushes her this is where it gets crazy he pushes her over he runs through to the galley right pushes past her he finds the drink cart <laughs> climbs atop it crouches down lowers his pants and shits on top of the <laughs> drinks cart <laughs> takes a Fuck massive yeah. shit and in, in Full view of all of first class. Oh What's my going God. on? When I hear these things, I'm like, I've like been blackout drunk. Yeah. I've never done that. No, no, no. And also, exactly. he's like so successful and rich, and he can act like that. It's like I'm never that crazy. Yeah, and he's I'm 58. Just like this can't be the first time he's done. Like mm. to me, it's like 21, and then it's like you have an alcohol problem, and you're never going to be managing director of a hedge fund. Yeah. You know? So he takes a massive shit on top of this in full view of the passengers, and then he, the he uses <laughs> a, he uses uses linen napkins to wipe himself, tracks excrement on his shoes, and further wipes the napkins all over the walls of the plane oh up and down God. first class. With Manscar's help, and this is one of the weirdest parts, so he so he locks himself into the lavatory. After all that, he blah, 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 yeah, blah, he locks himself the in the lavatory. With Manscar's help, his business partner and traveling companion, Susan Bergen. So he was there with like his colleague, oh. and she is able to convince him to come out of the toilet 
I like that. They ferry him. I don't want to. They... <laughs> I would have just locked him in there. Yeah. yeah. They, fer- they should have just... duct taped the fucking I want him in there being like Susan Berg and be like, okay, you can come out. And he's like, but I'll get in trouble. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 you won't get in trouble. Everyone's like, mad at yeah. me. Do you all hate do, me? Do you think they hate me out there? <laughs> so it comes out all sheepish. <laughs> the sheep will clean up, it's right? See, it seems like the reason like that because she's able to convince him to come out. They re- he returns to the seat where him and Bergen in their seat fall asleep immediately. So he Fuck must yeah. have been on something that fucked him up, right? So, yeah. But how, I can't believe Susan Bergen's like crashing next to him because he's covered in the odour of his soiled clothing. Oh, the crew God. spray Carl Lagerfeld perfume through the aisles to mask the smell and the food service for the flight is cancelled because the pilot finds it unhygienic. Yeah. So then the crew, <laughs> the crew rest periods were suspended and the plane, so the Buenos Aires to New York, the plane had sort of, at some point, they're like, oh, we got to divert. So they got to divert to the Port- Puerto Rico airport. Like, we got to get this guy off. This is crazy. When I hear about that, I'm always like, just keep going. What yeah, do you mean? Yeah. Like, there was like the diarrhea plane and like the yeah. plane <laughs> turned around and it's like... Honestly, if I was on diarrhea plane, I'd be like, hey, this sucks, but let's just get to where we're let's going. Let's yeah, get where we are. I don't want to check out. I don't want to turn around and all get off the plane. Like, it's actually not worth our time. 100%. 100%. I'd be like, what if you get back and then you get on another diarrhea plane? <laughs> yeah, 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 None yeah. of us plan for this diarrhea plane. Yeah. No, we just yeah. don't know nope, what's going on. That's what happen. purgatory is. Just yeah. one diarrhea plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you pay for jet stuff? Like, you got to untick our diarrhea plane now. And you're like, I fucking forgot about that. But then this is the part, right? So they go to divert to Puerto Rico International Airport. Um, however, controllers there refuse permission to land because in first class this entire time was the president of Portugal <laughs> and the Argentine foreign minister who were traveling to New York for the United Nations 50th anniversary celebration. So they're there. Puerto Rico uh, apparently is an airport thing. We will not accept um the, the, it's a security risk to have foreign dignitaries aboard an aircraft unless the plane's actually a security if it's going to crash yeah. Yeah. because there's no security detail and all that sort of stuff there someone could assassinate them, yeah. whatever so they're we're not going to accept this plane that's got these like high risk people on it so then it is true what you said Laura. they just powered on new york yeah. wow. so the portuguese right president the bottom is method. sitting there <laughs> in first like, class it's a something that people say on these yeah. <laughs> should we bond it through we got a bonner alert should we we'll bond it through and you're like, I'm not the re- I'm not the diarrhea part of that story. No, I'm so uh, who right, right. It's like kind of like continuing on. It's like it's not about diarrhea. <laughs> oh man, I bonded out up on that plane and everyone <laughs> Lauren's no, like, that's no, not it needs to continue needs against to go your on. And <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so anyway, they eventually land, he gets arrested, and he's Finneran's attorney, Charles Stillman, denied in court that he had that the alcohol consumption had anything to do with the incident. Totally false. A horrible lie. He said he had been experiencing severe and acute traveler's diarrhea and that the, the president's security in fir- wouldn't let him use first class. And so he had no choice but to shit on the, on the food cart. That was his legal defense. Wow. And as if you wouldn't like... Blame it on the alcohol. Like, yeah, 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 it's like, right there. Of course, mental health. I'm going to stop drinking. But they're I like, would, no, no, he's allowed to keep drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on the stand being like, I had spirits and they make me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I had red wine to kill. I went through me. everything. So then he pled guilty. In the end, he only got in trouble legally for 
threatening the attendant with I'll bust your ass. <laughs> that was like threatening the flight attendant. Everything else was like, you know, I get the other thing was that he so he got charged a cleaning and, and fee. I might account a black cent too on that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a charge. Five uh, one thousand dollar cleaning cost to clean the plane, but they also had to pay for every other passenger on the plane's airfare, which was forty eight grand. Oh, oh wow! So well, which is that's you know hard. rounding error of this dude. I'd take that deal. Three hundred three hundred hours of community service, and uh, and then he had to go. The, the worst charge was he had to go into work on Monday. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. With all these people, and they're just like, don't they look down? Don't he look. didn't get like uh, fired. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, doesn't say anything about that. He just continued on. He's fifty-eight, so he could have a hundred percent probably just retired. Then. I'm not showing up to work. I'm oh fucking. Wild. I'm changing my name. But uh, <laughs> yeah. there we go. That was. Yes, yeah, like what you said. The tickets refunded. That's pretty good. It is funny because it's a big flight. That'd be a few thousand dollars. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd take that deal. Flight, it's like, would you have a diarrhea plan experience? If, but we'll refund you your money. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Or at least with this guy, and the other thing like is, if you're up the yeah. back, you're, you're in you're, economy. You're away I'd, I'd have it for free. If I was in economy and like, you know, first class is covered in shit, I'm like, this rules. Like, <laughs> like you guys, Lauren gets the first class because she has your wife, it's a diary plane. And you didn't even pay the ticket anyway, right? So no. like, I don't even want the studio oh, get it back. That'd be a, such a bummer. That would yeah. suck. I didn't get any compensation. That would, that would, yeah, I'd be furious. I'd have to uh, call my lawyer Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> Chunk, is there a clause about diary plans? There's a bond of <laughs> no, don't call it that. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. <laughs> I get alone. Uh, so we got two more questions. Say someone uh, says to you, I'm coming to Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. I, I, want, I want a full day there. I want I'll to be in Palermo. What do you tell them to do morning, <laughs> afternoon, and night? Where do you tell them to go? Um. Okay. First, I tell them to like make sure you bring with you any clothes or skincare that you want to wear because you can't like buy anything there. Everything's difficult to buy because okay. they don't have many imports or taxes. So if you want to buy like a La Roche Posay moisturizer, it will cost you one hundred Australian dollars. Mm. What does that normally cost? Like. 30? Okay, yeah. Maybe. I'll anyway. have a opportunity here. <laughs> just kind of set up the stalls. Advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had gotten. And, like, I had, like, messaged a girl who was, like, who had been there a lot. She's Argentine. And I was like, hey, like, do you have any advice on going to beer? And she was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, just have fun. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you fucking call me to <laughs> moisturizer? Like, that's the number one. Anyway, this bitch got her out of my life. Um, I guess, I mean, look, I'll give you the, the, the ups and downs. I'll give you kind of a Lauren Bonner day, which is, yeah, wake up um, and walk to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Find out how the economy's doing <laughs> when you buy your coffee. Um, and then... I would say I've got like nighttime ideas, but daytime, honestly, it's like just walk around by about, walk around Palermo, go to the markets. It sounds like you've got to set aside four hours for dinner. Well, exactly. That is the thing. You've got to get ready for dinner. Um, so, you know, just walk around, then probably just go back home and have a little afternoon nap because mm. you're going to be out siesta. very late. Yes, siesta. <laughs> Head to dinner. Um, food. I've actually, there was a few places. I went to a really nice vegetarian restaurant called Marti, M-A-R-T-I, and it was um, it was very it was very nice because there's not a lot of vegetarian anything, mm. and so that was nice. What a very steak, meat, steak, barbecues, in country, right? Yeah, and then the vegetables themselves, like we're so spoiled in Australia. Mm. That's anywhere I've ever been in my life. I'm like. Every, Food is the best in Australia. Totally. Like, I agree 100%. Fresh yeah. lettuce. You yeah. Know? You take mm. it for granted. Yeah. And then you go anywhere else and you're like, what the fuck? This is garbage. Or even like at the grocery store, like, you know how 
it is a big problem. Like we like curate our carrots and if they're the ugly carrots, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. like put them in the landfill. And Chaz Lichardello makes a whole show being like, <laughs> we'll eat the ugly carrots, who cares? Yeah. And then I was always like, yeah, who cares about the ugly carrots? We shouldn't be wasting food. And then I went to a grocery store in Argentina <laughs> and I was like, could we get some curation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get some hot carrots <laughs> right here. Yeah, I know we're like kind of in like the greatest economic crisis of your country's time, but could we waste some of this food? Because these carrots are weird. They have little nubs on them. They yeah. have nubs. Anyway, so that's my problematic yep. take. But um, yeah, go shopping, wander around, whatever. Have a nap, go to dinner at Marty, and then you could go get a drink at this crazy... I would, there's so many cool bars and nightclubs this cool bar that was like New York themed and you walked through like a train carriage to get in there. Mm, and cool. then um, there is a tango club called, oh, I don't know, but it's the big tango club. Mm. So people are in there tangoing away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go and like, you can watch a tango show and then also then you can have a little tango yourself. Oh, cool. Did you partake? I did. I had to do tango lessons for the show. Ah, cool. So I actually have a pretty big tango scene. I <laughs> 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 you know, hit up the open mic tango scene while you're there at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go tango and then go to a big crazy nightclub. There was this big club called Club 69, which is a big drag club. Cool. And, oh. um, and it really doesn't kind of kick off and get going until 3 a.m. or so. Good lord. So it's bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's a nighttime city. It's yeah, a nighttime yeah, city. All right. Just your time. And the final question, Lauren, is the show is out. It's a huge smash hit success. Yeah, I was going like, to say, what? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Breaking hearing from Netflix news. right now. Uh, they want to do 15 more seasons. Oh, love. Would you move to Buenos Aires to do that? Oh, I would, but I would have a really – I because I was talking to people when I was there, and I was like, I think I would have a hard time living in this city mm. food-wise – and just like they let you bring all the LaRoche per se. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be prepared yeah. <laughs> yeah. when I you do. got 15 suitcases full of moisturizer <laughs> exactly. and the security. Like, this looks a little weird on the scan, actually. <laughs> now that I know open. how to operate, <laughs> yeah. and presuming if there's shows a hit and there's more seasons, I'm getting paid pretty well. I'm getting paid in US dollars, mm -hmm. yeah. that those dollars go pretty far, nice. baby. So, okay. yeah, you'd live well. Nice, right? Cool, yeah. great answer. Amazing. All right, well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, oh, do you have Laura. anything you want to plug? My any shows? Any pleasure. pods? I mean, I've got a podcast called Big Natural Talents. We're in our summer break at the moment, but there's a lot of episodes you can check out. But I'll be doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival and stuff next Sweet. year. God knows, I'd love you to come. Mm -hmm. Please keep Get me in mind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can keep it on my Instagram at Lauren Y Bonner. And if you are the head of a major studio or network <laughs> in Hollywood, <laughs> I'd love for you to buy the show. Get around yeah, the show. If it comes and out, watch it. Show. What's it called again? If it does it's come out? It's called While You Were Breeding. There we go. I'm sure it will. It's a yeah. beautiful show. Yeah. It's just and I will say... my. One of my most complimented T-shirts is my big natural talents with the metal oh, writing. With the, the, I got the pink sick, on yeah. white. I wear that People too. love that shit out of that shirt. It's yeah. Pink on white? Mm. Oh, I love that. That's yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Stuff. Thanks so much, Lauren. That's great. You. If anyone wants to buy this podcast as well, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're shopping it around. Yeah. Just rent me out. Rent my body to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to record it. I promise I won't yeah. shit on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I make no such promise. US dollars only, no pesos. No, no, no. God, no. Greenbacks only. <laughs>
All right. Right. I mean, we won't get canceled for having Starbucks over there anyway, so we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> fade out. Fade out. <laughs> uh, uh, we have a Patreon. You. Oh, you should get around that. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes a month. They have been a lot of fun to record. Apart from that, hit us up on Instagram at Community Noticeboard Pod. We love hearing from you. Apart from that, Lauren, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.